Okay, so this one's going to be a little unorthodox, guys, for those of you tuning in today. This is uh, just going to be a little lemon stock. Um, team that's just starting out with uh, 96, 97 Mustang? 97. 97 Mustang. So you've got the V6? V8. V8. Oh, you're going big. See, when we did was V6. So oh, yeah. I've heard that was better because of the gas mileage. Well, gas mileage and then braking things, right? Yeah. So you've got enough power to brake shit. We didn't have enough power to brake shit. So that'll be a challenge. But um, we're going to talk some of the cage stuff, some of the safety stuff. So we figured, why not record it while we're talking? Uh, maybe some of the stuff that you guys are listening have the same questions about. So it's an opportunity to answer some of that. So carry on. What do you got? Yeah, so right now I have a cage. Um, we were going to weld it up. So we got a kit from Maximum Motorsports with all the weld points. And we have the plates. So one of the American iron yeah. style kits. Okay. So... We were looking for someone to do either MIG or TIG. So let's start with the whole TIG process. Um, TIG is art. TIG is amazing. TIG costs you two to three times as much off the bat. Yeah. Just because of process and the space they have to crawl in and how painful it is. Um, whereas a MIG, you can get in there and do it. The other thing I'll say is I trust MIG better. Um, MIG tends to run a little bit hotter than what you see some people run their TIG and the TIG you'll just get built on the outside especially if they're trying to get around the back where they cannot specifically see they'll just run more less heat to it they'll make the stack of dimes it'll look great but it's just not my favorite um, I, much we don't TIG any cages here um, the only people I see TIGging cages um, is what I'll call the fancy cars um, some of you are just trying to make them look a little bit better than everybody else yeah. that's what they make them we're building stuff for race cars. We want to be safe. If it's showy at the end, great. Um, but that's not the purpose in what we're doing. The purpose is actually make something that when you do hit a wall or a tree um, or another car, that that weld does not break, doesn't deform in any way, shape, or form. And the pipe stays attached because that's yeah. the barrier. That's what keeps you safe. Makes sense? Um, and, I mean, it's weird because you would think it would be the same amount of time to do it, but it's not. MIG is just faster... I won't ever say it's cleaner, okay? There's a lot of cleanup afterwards that there's not the TIG, but it, uh, it is more than adequate. So how long does it take to make a... Make a so what I would compare that to is like, let's just use a comparison of a Miata cage. So a Miata cage will tell you it takes 23 hours to install. I've not seen one done in less than 25. And we're a shop that does them on a regular basis. Maybe we're not taking some of the shortcuts that we should. But I think if you're the person that maybe has bent the cages and you know exactly where everything goes, great. But you spend like an hour and a half lining everything up when it shows up because it's just a pile of parts. Um, you're going to spend 20, 20 to 35 hours on any cage that you do, um, especially a pre-bent cage. Because the problem with the pre-bent cage is it's bent and notched, or some of them are not even notched. Um, notching takes up a large portion of the time. The bending in respect to the cage, how it fits in the car, bending is a very small part compared to the notching of it. Notching is where all your welds happen. That's where your that's where the pipe will fail. Pipe doesn't fail, it bends. Pipe fails where it's welded. Welds fail because notches, um, nodes are not done correctly and you got too much gap between it. And then in an experienced welder, we just go in there and just weld it up. And that's what we've seen in some of the lemons bars that have failed over time that people used to do their own cages, got into a wreck and saw saw the failure and said, oh no, I mean, 
We've had a lemons cage here that we cut out that actually had flat washers shoved inside of it and they had welded over it um, to cover up the gap. Wow. And that is not how I want to risk my life on doing something that's supposed to be a fun weekend with family and friends is uh, racing a cage that I may not be able to go to work on Monday because somebody thought washers was okay to fill a gap. It's, just, it's not the way to do it. And that's why we've, we've quit posting pictures of our cages welded up because everybody wants to critique a weld. Oh, this, 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 this. And it's like, yeah, if you were in an AC controlled, you know, room under, you know, perfect lighting conditions, setting up on a bench welding, great. But when you're laying upside down on your head on the floorboard of a Miata, welding in 95 degree, 100% humidity in Houston, good luck making the weld look perfect. What we take pictures of is all the nodes and all the connection points so people can actually see how close and how tight that stuff is. That's the art form of making a cage fit and work. Um, I've not put in one of the cages that you've purchased, so I can't speak to that cage specifically, but the time to fit the cage and make everything work, that's where the work happens. So, like, I guess what's the quote, I think? Um, ballpark. Our labor rate, we are $100 an hour for whatever work we do. So, let's just say it's ballpark, it's three, three, um, he's going to drive through my grass, isn't he? Stay off my lawn! I get my old man yelling, sons of bitches killing my grass um he probably should open more beer though so it'd be okay um jeff barley is here so those of you that see him next time tell him to stay off my lawn the so let's just say it was 30 hours that's three grand now let's look at what a base cage that we build here base lemons cage start off 32 50 33 depending on what you're wanting done so you're already there and that's the thing we tell people that want to get the spec meata cages i can buy the materials i can build you a cage as fast as I can take somebody else's cage, learn it, map it together. Right. I mean, all, only thing you're saving is the cost of material, okay, which usually they're buying in bulk, and honestly, some of them are ERW material, which we won't even use, and we only do DOM, drawn over mandrel, uh, which is what everybody should be doing. You're not doing circle track. You could be getting hit by a van that weighs 3,500 pounds. You don't want to scrimp out on cage. So inch and a half, 120 wall, DOM is what I recommend. Um, and that's what the minimum we'll build to. There's only two cars in 18 years we've ever built anything less than that. It was the Datsun 510 because we're trying to actually make minimum weight on that. So it's an inch and a half 095. And then a Formula Drift car that we built um, that their rules stipulate that's where they had to be. So that's what he got. Um, you know, and they're chasing weight as well. Hashtag eight pounds for those of you who get that. Um, when you look at the ability, what you save, you're saving material costs, and then you're saving the time they had for bending the hoops, bending the A-pillars. Everything else is pretty much straight notches. Does it have NASCAR bars? There's an X in the doors, too. Not sure. Okay. Most of those are X uh, as well. So, basically, you got to look at what they're bending. So, you're going to have an A-pillar that's going to be bent on both sides, right? So, you've got three, six bends there. you got your main hoop, which is going to have four bends. Other than that, they're just selling you material. Well, there's the main hoop, and then there's the... Right. Main hoop's kind of four. The, the other hoop that you attach uh, the you, harness to. You did a top... Okay, the main hoop is the one that goes behind you that comes over. Yeah. If you're talking, they actually have a front main hoop. That sucks even more, in my opinion, because that gets into head clearance issues. Because if you run an A-pillar, you can control the A-pillar bar more, and you can keep it out further away from your head. Whereas if you do the one that's the halo that comes around... Um, it usually ends up getting in your way. I can show you a picture. Show me a picture. 
see what we got. But we do have we do have those A-pillar bars because we have those bars that go like this across the A-pillar. Right. So the thing is, do they come up to here or do they come all the way back? They come all the way back, I think. Okay. Well, if you've got those, that's a better kit than what we've seen other things show up with. Yeah, I'll show you. Yeah, so that's the halo. Yeah, so see how short? So the bars are there on the floor. Mm-hmm. Those are your A-pillar bars, but they're they're truncated. They're going to come from your left foot. We'll just use, okay? It's going to come up to your knee. That's your first bend. And then it's stopping at about where your head would be if you lean forward. At the top of the A-pillar is where that stops. So this smaller hoop is the one that's designed to go from the main hoop forward. They call it a halo because it literally just comes around your head. So because of the bend, so that one doesn't have the bend to kick it out. It's just straight. So it has to come inside of the bend. So your bend is six inches, okay, on center. So that six inches, you lose a clearance, and it pushes you over, and that's where the bar is going to be to your helmet. Oh, so it's going to be tight. Too tight. For, for a guy my size, absolutely. You're not my size, so it may not, be, may not affect you as much. But if you, can, if you can bend a bar and make more room, make more room, because my next biggest fear when I'm in a crash is how far is the steel away from me that my head's going to hit? Yeah. Right? I've got a piece of styrofoam and a piece of fiberglass between me and that steel. How f- the further away I can have that steel, the better my chances are of not hitting it. So that's that's why I don't like the halo. So all the bars have to have the foam padding around it? The rules state any bar that your head could touch. Now, I do head, ankles, and then I do the door bars as well, just in case my hands hit them because my hands are pretty valuable to me. Yeah. I, I need them to do the work that I do. Um, the head protection, that's pretty simple. That also gets into what padding, which we've got a couple episodes talking about roll, roll cage padding as well. So, but SFI 45.1, it seems expensive. Once you've been through a wreck, you won't think it's expensive at all. It's $49 for three foot of it. So it's, it's just, it's the stuff you got to have. And that's included in your roll cage price too? No, that's all separate stuff. Some people have us put it in. Some people put it in on their own. We just charge retail on whatever that stuff is that is needed, but. Some people just buy it, bring it down, and we'd sit there and help them install it with a six-pack of beer, you know? I mean, it's if, if anybody gets hurt doing this sport that we love, it damages our sport. So the goal is to make everybody as safe as possible. And there's nothing wrong with that cage. There's just better options to build. And that doesn't mean it's right, wrong, and different. You've got it. Build it. Let's make it work, okay? But next time, you'll know to look for some of those things. And learn a little bit more. And that's that's literally the purpose in the podcast. Is just trying to educate people on some of the small things you can do that make a difference inside the car when something goes wrong. Yes, it'll pass tech. Yes, you'll probably never have a problem. You'll probably never crash it and hit shit. If you did and got your bell rung, then it's like, well, shit, we could have done this. So we learn from it we move on. It's not a problem. Yeah. But yeah. That's cool. We meant cages in a nutshell. But the Halo Halo is a big deal because it saves on the shipping. Um, when you do the A-pillar bent all the way back, it makes it where you can't just ship it in a nice little package. So shipping cost becomes a consideration. The more straight bars, the less bends you have. So you have a mandrel bender in the shop? Mm-hmm. I have two. A manual one, which Lance refuses to use. They tell me I like to sweat too much. And then we've got the uh, air over hydraulic <laughs> to bend it. So... Um, they're, the benders are not expensive. It's the time and material to learn how to bend it all. And I'll, I'll walk in and show you the pile of, of 
bends we have that are we use to make everything work. Yeah. I, I guarantee you we've got probably two thousand dollars worth of material laying on the floor that's all just templates and dies we've made over the years. Nice. Just save everything, right? Make it all work. And then we're make we make mistakes too, we're human. So you make a mistake, all right, well let's take that piece and how can we use that in the future? You know, how can we make this something that we can use to verify stuff works? But lots of jigs, little tools and tricks that make things easier. Um, we've had people talk to us numerous times about making C5 cages, um, Miata cages, Alpine cages, and it's like, that's great, but I, I think the custom cage outlook is way better. Uh, when, you're, when you're getting a cage that you're fitting somebody into, and there's like, oh, well, you could sell those because we make a C5 that's just amazing. But the time and effort to put it together and bend it, unless it was somebody that's my size or a bigger guy, they may not need that or even understand the value of what it is. So we just keep doing what we do. We smile about it, move on. I don't need to be uh, retailing cages. Yeah, you know? that's fair. We build custom stuff and we sell it. So that answer all the cage questions. What else? I guess, I mean, after the cage, we were looking into it. We need a seat. A kill switch and a fire extinguisher. I, I would say you need three. a seat before you do a cage. Seat before the cage? Yeah, so here's why. So this, your seating position can dictate how safe the cage is going to be or not be. So by putting the, ca putting the seat in first, then you start building the cage, you can find out if you're inside or outside the cage. You may have to make cage modifications or accommodations as we call it to be able to shift things left. Um, and honestly, on that generation Mustang, use most of those, we end up cutting the transmission tunnel and putting a notch, as we call it, a shelf. So your trans tunnel is kind of curved at an angle, like a, a mountain slope. And what we do is we come into it and make a 90 out of it so that you can actually get all the way over and down. Because if it sits on that, it'll slide left. And it slides left, well, then it's putting your head closer to that bar. And that's what, so you, you, move that's what seat, you don't want. Do you move the seat mounts too? Oh, yeah, everything gets moved. Does it? Yeah, everything gets moved. So the stock side. seat mount will, probably won't work? Well, if you're using a stock seat mount, keep in mind, A, you will be required to have a seat slider for sure, or a seat back brace. You're going to have a slider in there. If your team's not all the same size and you're moving, if your seat back rest gets more than six inches away from the main harness bar, you have to have an adjustable seat back slider. Seat back slider, again, another 180 bucks from Isleport Racing. Not a big deal, but it's one of those things that's needed if you're going to use a slider. If you get most of your team the same height, and when I say the same height, if you can get them between four and six inches in height, like let's say you've got, you know, um, five, eight to six, two, you can work that with one seating position, one seat mount. Yeah. And the thing with that is it also gets you an inch lower in the car, inch, inch and a quarter lower by getting rid of the slider. And height is what gets you in contact with that bar, right? Yeah. You want to be low enough in the car that when you get hit, you're literally going to the containment of the seat, not to a bar. Where would you buy a seat from usually? Ultra Shield. Ultra Shield. Made here in Texas, Tyler, Texas. Um, they actually make them in one inch increments, so 14, 15, 16, 17. If you've got a big guy on your team, it'll be 17. Most people are 15 to 16s. We usually run 16s in most of our cars and tell the big guys to squeeze in. Ultra Shield. Yeah, How Ultra Shield race run? products. They're on my page, I tag them all the time. Um, they. Uh, they helped us out with a bunch of stuff on the Apexo set. I mean, the Miata, I've, we, we sell a bunch of Ultra Shield products. Hey, Jeff. Bye. Get off my fucking lawn. Drive on my grass, that's fucked up. That was the same spot I did oh, yesterday. Over there, over there. Where? 
over there by my truck where you drove around on the grass. And we're on the podcast, so everybody knows you drove on my grass now. Where's my beer? You didn't motion for That me. is fucked up. Do you want one? I'll go gladly go is get you Is the Pope one. Catholic? Oh, I think so. Okay. Um, we're going over Lemon's questions and Lemon's discussion. Are we on podcast? So, yeah, we're recording right now. Oh. Something you wanted to say to everybody? No, not really. No? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ultra Shield is also where I get my belts, um, where I also get my window nets. So when I order all that stuff, I order it all at once and I save on shipping. That's the other thing. It's all Texas-made products, which I love over anything made in China. Now, I will throw out Simpson Race Products is made in Texas as well. About 50% of their products are made in Texas. The rest of it's made in China or California, and I've been told the California stuff comes from south of the border. I've not verified any of that yet, but if I can keep a U.S. man or woman out there working, I'd rather do that. Yeah, yeah. It's just the right thing to do. And it's cool because UltraShield, if you're ever up in Tyler and you get in touch with them, ask for Donna um, or Josh which is mother and son and father run it. Bob's the father. But you can go back there and you can actually shake hands with the three men that actually weld the seats together. And it's just something comforting about that, you know? Stuff that I'm trusting my life with. There's five seamstresses that work that sew all the belts and harnesses. Look at that. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Okay. Two for me. It's okay. Um, Yeah, so uh, big old show fan. They're also aluminum seats, so I can mount those flat to the floor. So instead of the side mounts, it gets me about another inch there as well. So if somebody's running like an OMP or a Sparco style seat or the old Momo seats with the side mounts and a slider, we can lower the seat almost two and a half inches in the car. Is it cheaper than those Huge. two? Yeah. Ultra Shield. Yep. Ultra like Shield race products. $300? Um, some, if you go to like their Pro Miata, I want to say it's like $319. Um, but I try to stick around with the one called a Rally um, and then a race containment, um, road race containment one is cool. If you don't buy the containment, you can just buy the headpieces like 39 bucks that bolt onto it. So, but we've always got people that are trading cars and upgrading. So keep your eye out for a used Ultra Shield. They show up all the time. Nice. There's a bunch of them out here. Just Craigslist? Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace. Um, they'll yeah. show up. There are a lot of dirt track cars. You use them. A ton of dirt track cars. Do you like? Um, do you kind of look at this, the bolt pattern, or do all the cars kind of fit up? No, they're all the same. And once you get on it, you'll see. I'll uh, show you one of mine in here. We can yeah. take it out so you can actually look at it and see what I'm talking about. Sure, yeah. Simple, simple. Um, so, kill switch. Um, don't cheap out and use a Harbor Freight one. Um, Harbor Freight does sell ones like 12 bucks. It will work until it rains, and then it will fail, and it'll be miserable. Um, we were in Mexico and watched the guy's kill switch fail and put him out of a $1,500 race. You know, and it's all over kill switch. Can't run without it. Um, Luckily, somebody else had one there to loan him. He ended up buying it, but buy the long acre, buy the weatherproof one. Because even if your car is going to stay inside, weatherproof ones are going to last longer, and we do race in the rain. So if it rains, yeah, and you don't have the right equipment, your race is over. As soon as it gets wet, it's over. So spend the money on that. That's $49. Bucks. Um, fire system, there's lots of opinions there. Again, go back and listen to my other podcast. If it's on fire, get the fuck away from the car. There's nothing in that car that is worth you getting burned trying to start a fire system. If you can get away from it and then go, oh, I have time to set the fire system off, then go back and do it. Otherwise, no. Sweet. That's good news. Yeah, but I don't know how much it sent me. That looked like a bunch. Um, is it usually just like a fire extinguisher? People no, it's actually a full system you're required now. They oh, start yeah. about 329 um, and I believe it's a four-liter system. 
So it'll be a system that'll have uh, four nozzles in the car is how the kit comes. In most cars, like in the Mustang, you're still gonna use a factory fuel cell. So I wouldn't use a nozzle on that. Um, so that gives me an extra one to use on driver. You don't have a passenger, so you have two on the driver and then two on the fuel rail on the engine bay and done. Um, on the LSs, we've moved it from fuel rail down to the side of the block because we're more likely to vent it and have oil coming out set on oil fire than we are a fuel fire. But the Fords don't scatter rods like the LS. We can kind of split the difference between the two, cool. you know. But yeah, so you have an aluminum tube running everywhere and you got a difference between mechanical pull systems, which are cheaper than the electrical just push button ones. So all kinds of choices. Yeah. T, you gonna say anything to the podcast? They're doing a podcast. No, right we're now. on a podcast we're on the radio. What's your favorite car? GTR. Yeah. What's the fastest one you've been in? <laughs> um the gray GTR. Yeah, there we go. See? Got style, got goals. What else? This is cool. So Usually like, nobody's asking questions. Everybody's just chitter-tat that's already done it. You're yeah. fresh fish because you haven't done it yet. Yeah, so I haven't done it yet. It's good. How many of the podcasts have you listened to? I haven't, I haven't checked them out yet. Really? Cool. Well, I will after this. Probably. We're like 75 or 80 now, I think. Do you do lemons every year? I have not done lemons every year. I have built a car every year for lemons or multiple cars. Um, our highest number was 64 that we counted at one race. Um, which is, of course, was here at our home track. But, I mean, we've got a team out here that we've built seven cages for them now. Uh, it's uh, We we have a, a big influence on lemons in Houston, for sure. We enjoy it. It is a different culture than all the other racing I'm involved with. I'm SCCA uh, regional executive, and part of my goal is to make them more yeah. like what lemons is, which is having car fun. Well, I'm getting a phone call. You're fine. Take the call. T will entertain us. Now. Cool. Yeah. I told us that doesn't include shipping. Well, we can address all that.